Hello, uh, this is uh, me, Russell. I'm really excited to share some of my conversation with Adam Curtis. You know Adam Curtis, the documentary filmmaker. He's been on Under the Skin before. His new film, Can't Get You Out of My Head, An Emotional History of the Modern World, is a six-part series that you can watch on the BBC. This is part one of our conversation. If you go and subscribe to Luminary, you can hear it in full and you can hear part two next week. I love all, and watch all of these films and I've become friends with him. And he's a curious and brilliant man. What are you thinking, Jen? It's just funny conversation. What a <laughs> funny conversation. Why? I just like that he is, is dismissive. You like that, do you? <laughs> you like how he's dismissive. <laughs> like you try and do something and then he'll just move on. Or be kind of mean, like the HR department. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you like. <laughs> I think it's an interesting trait. You like that he's horrible to me. That's no, what not you like. horrible to you. Just it's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> Jen, I'm going to have a real eye on you over the coming weeks after a remark like that. That's sadism, what you just expressed there. Yeah, but like... Psychological sadism. Or like when someone slips on a banana peel. Do you like that? Schadenfreude. Yeah, sure. <laughs> not necessarily the banana You said just a little banana peel. But if something really on you, yeah, maybe I do. Yeah, you are. You can be a vicious wee freak, <laughs> Jenny Mayfin. Mrs. Reed, talking about our podcast last week with Philippa Perry. Uh, Mrs. Reed says, "I love Philippa. Her new book has honestly changed my life." Well, she changed my life as well. She was a very beautiful communicator and a really lovely person. I enjoyed talking to her enormously. If you haven't listened to that episode with Philippa Perry or got her book, you know, do both those things if um, that's what you were into. Robin Reiser says, another way our past wounds distort our parenting is being so committed to not wanting to inflict pain done to us that we go the other extreme and indulge them. Oh, yes, I hear you, Queen. That's what I've been doing. We are not our parents, yet we project the sadness our parents caused us onto them. They aren't feeling what we felt at our age. It's safe for them. In our own projection of what they're feeling, we over-soothe. So they don't learn... Did you find the word soothe interesting there, Jen? Or did you use it the I thought it was a very nice way to put it. They over-soothe. Yeah, who's someone who says soothe? You need over-soothing. Why? Look at you, you're wretched. <laughs> you're scrambling about. <laughs> you're scratching at yourself. <laughs> you're wretched. Um, <laughs> so they don't learn to regulate everyday up and downs. You're right. Sharon Stone says, okay, that's right on. Can we hear more from her? Yeah, all right. Mike Avery so love your podcast. Thank you for lighting the load for us listeners. Suggesting a full episode with your team member, Jenny Mayfield. <laughs> Jenny, did you make this up? No. Jenny, just, I'd like to see this account verified like of Mike Avery. I don't believe there is a Mike Avery. There is. Suggesting a full episode with your team member, Jenny Mayfield, because I can listen to her talk and giggle all day. Maybe have a read the phone book or something. Thanks in advance. Mike, unless you've got a very chiseled chin like Luminary Steve, you are, what? you've got no chance, mate. She likes a chisel He's folding jaw. his arms in his profile picture. If Mike, you're folding your arms in your profile picture. Open up, Mike. <laughs> if you want to win the heart of Jenny May Finn, you've got to open up. Is that right? I don't think it's a pitch to win my heart. He just wants to talk to you more. No, he wants to hear me more. That's weird. But look at, but as if to counterbalance that, look at this one from Dusty Phillips. <laughs> Who is that ridiculous Irish woman that you have on your show? I find her constant interjections pointless and annoying. Pointless. And particularly the thing she just said just now about enjoying it when Adam Curtis is mean to you is very offensive. If you're wondering how I heard that, 
It's because I've got an advanced copy of the tapes and listened to it in the car. Lots of love and respect to you, by the way, Russell. You're one of the best there's ever been. Love, what did I say his name was? Mike. Dusty Phillips. Dusty Phillips. <laughs> Dusty. Thank you, Dusty. Mike is my guy. <laughs> Fan number two. <laughs> yeah, well, at least Dusty Phillips is real. Unlike Mike, who I have a suspicion is absolutely made up. You can listen to more episodes of Underskin, only on Luminary, a subscription podcast network with original shows from your favourite creators. You can get a subscription for as little as $2.99 a month with their annual plan, plus a seven-day free trial to get started. Visit luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. You won't regret it. It's fantastic. It ain't available in all markets, sadly, but it will be one day, and it is subject to local currency. There's terms, baby. There's terms. Join my community at russellbrand.com where you'll receive... Unique opportunities, like I'm going to do some uh, like techniques. I'm going to do like Zoom calls, right? I'll send you a free code, and we'll do very intimate Zoom call. Be that intimate? I don't know five hundred people, thousands. I don't know what they'll be, but you'll be able to join it, and uh, you know we'll do a meditation on there, my meditations and breathing techniques and mental health. Uh, you know, just banging on about it, really. So listen. Go over to russellbrand.com and um, subscribe to my community and watch my YouTube channel. We're getting some good videos out at the moment. If you uh, you want to follow me on TikTok or Instagram or LinkedIn, it's Russell Brand. On Twitter, it's at Rusty Rockets. Now, let's get on with Adam Curtis now and get some real revolutionary insight to a man who's always had a radical perspective, a rigorous and entertaining way of telling stories that are both simple uh, yet, um, what do I want to say, sort of, bewitching and complex but easy to understand how would you describe him Django um I don't know he's very calm, calm. rational he's calm <laughs> he's calm a man is very calm and <laughs> rational and but also mysterious calm and rational mysterious Jenny <laughs> yeah okay well let's listen to the calm rational mysterious Adam Curtis on Under the Skin Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a successful route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand Under the Skin. Now, another thing, mate, that sort of struck me is that how come I can sort of like put on Fox News and watch Tucker Carlson talking about Robin Hood and GameStop enthusiastically, then get Glenn Greenwald on there and like talk about how like sort of Biden and Hunter Biden isn't being covered correctly and sit and watch Fox News without disagreeing with anything they're saying for 20 minutes. What's going on? When these kind of like the when these kind of what was formerly understood to be kind of you know these territorial lines are blurring, what's happening? People are getting angry with some of the hypocrisy of the time, and and it does cross over boundaries, doesn't it? Yeah, it also further suggestion that there might be an emergent demographic that's available not to politics as we've previously understood it. There's always an immersion demographic available to politics. It depends what story you're going to tell. I mean, to, to be brutal, you're talking like an HR manager now. What do you mean by that? 
Well, you just talked about an emergent demographic available to radical politics. I didn't actually hear an idea in there of the society you wanted to build, Russell. I've already told you about my anarcho-syndicalism with some state regulation on centralised powers that it can initially emerge and then a confederacy where people are free to establish their own ideals and rules. If you want to be a gun-toting uh, libertarian, you go for it in your community of gun-toting libertarians. If you want to be uh, an anarchist, um, pansexual, doing your thing, wherever you want to do it you can do it the di like the dissolution of state the dissolution of centralized power real democracy for real people wherever they are in the world a pan-global trans-denominational confederacy you create your reality you create your culture they're lying to you and they're laughing at you and we will liberate you from them rather you will liberate you from them by non-participation don't pay your mortgage don't pay your taxes join us on the front lines there is an argument that actually in real individualism hasn't happened yet. And that what we're living through at this present moment is, how would you describe it? The growing pains of an individualism that is hampered by the old ghosts of the past. In our country, the empire, in America, the racism from, from, from back from slavery, and it's holding it all back. And that, that real individualism hasn't been tried yet. The sort of thing you're talking about. And that, I mean, in practical terms, the first step would be to, because I mean, the thing you've got to square with this is that what you're talking about is an individualism that isn't going to go back into the box, yet somehow can have collective power at the same time. It, it, no one's ever managed to get that yet. In the old days of, 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 of socialist and, and, and left-wing politics, you gave yourself up to a collective action. You're not going to be able to get people to do that now. Because people, you know, you're an arch individualist yourself. You're one of the great expressions of it. You know that. You say this to me sometimes, and I'm, I find it very wounding. You know that you are an arch individualist. What you also want to do, you want to be, feel part of something that is going to go on beyond your your own existence and beyond your own life, but still, but doesn't uh, doesn't make you give yourself up to it completely. And there is an argument that that's what the internet could be. But in, in 2000, with the dot-com bubble, it got stolen by basically venture capital that took over a number of companies and skewed them to a very narrow focus on advertising. And that that's where we are with Google. And that the, the, the real solution to the, to the emergence of proper individualism is to get that internet back, take it back, and use it as a a system that at the same, allows people to feel they are individuals, but at the same time feel they are part of something beyond themselves, bigger. And that it's waiting to be done. Uh, that, that, that's the practical thing. Because the problem with your argument is, yes, you can have your anarcho pods outside in the mountains outside Barcelona, but, but how do you collectively come together to have power to challenge real vested interests? How do you do it? And, and no one's really worked that out yet. But we've got to work it out now, Adam. We can't, we can't just go on going round and round in circles. And I will concur with your suggestion that that, you know, that that perhaps it could begin with a, an online revolution and the reclamation of these spaces that ended up being colonised the way that all spaces colonised by people with the resourcing, resources to enact that colonisation, that what started as an open territory where people could, yes, express myriad iterations of the individual became a conformist, hegemonic, space that it, the same the same uh, paradigm 
could be exercised there as was has been exercised in physical spaces has been exercised over physical resources and Perhaps you're right, that's a way to start because it's certainly a way to create non-physical communities. But one of the things that concerns me as well is, like, is as you have point, alluded to and, and explicitly said, that these um, technocracies that present us as primarily, that, that our role in life is to manage our own individualism, to marry, manage our own bodies. And I, my belief in transcendence, my belief in the universal is paradoxically both individualistic and I would say uh, collectivist in so much as I believe that whilst we are unique and individual expressions of a whole, we are connected. We are one. It's a religious view, I suppose, a hopefully non-dogmatic, certainly non-judgmental, certainly not prescriptive religious idea that embraces the sanctity of the individual. Now, you're right. It's possible now to communicate globally an appealing idea in my senses that there are a significant number of people that will be attracted to that idea. The idea of declaring yourself liberated, a kind of global manumission from the tyranny of our uh, various owners, or at least the owners of the ter- inner spaces and cyberspaces. So that's that, that's a nice little starting point, isn't it, Adam? I've always liked the fact that you like religion. Um, it, 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 it's sort of, because I do think actually a lot of these are, I mean, socialism in this country came out of religion. It came out of Methodism. And, and, and that sense of being able to, I've always, I've always understood religion as its real attraction is that it offers individuals consolation in the face of their own death, their own mortality. That, that there is something beyond just you. It will go on that you're part of something. That's an incredibly attractive thing to people. And I, I've always thought what's really interesting about a lot of the um, what are called rationalists that have risen up over the last 10, 15 years is that they're sort of scared of religion. And they're scared of religion because it does have that power. Uh, I'm not religious myself, but I can see it. I, I, I get it because it, it does offer you something. And I do think that if there is going to be some new, I, I, you, you might not even be politics, something, it will borrow f- from that idea of religion. It's a, it's, it's a really powerful idea because it means that, you, you know, people in the Victorian era, the one thing people talked about a lot about was death, but what they didn't talk about was sex. These days, we talk all about sex, and the one thing we don't talk about is death. That's why we also find the pandemic so frightening. And and I think that it, it, it is the sort of the thing that no one talks about, yet everyone is terrified of, and that there is nothing that offers consolation in the modern world for that. Religion in its organized form certainly doesn't at all. And I think that maybe the politics of the future is going to have to embrace that kind of recognition that people's, those grander feelings of separateness and aloneness are really important, really powerful. And you're going to have to answer them if you're going to change the world. Yeah. Because you see, the point is what, what we try to do, remember, if you're going to put this in a big historical terms, is that the reason we gave up on big ideas in the West is because big ideas were seen to have led to horror, not seen mm-hmm. to lead to horror, they did lead to horror communism fascism all kinds of totalitarianism so we said we're not going to do big ideas any longer and what we did is we substituted not just individualism we substituted money and i'm not saying that in a bad way we used money 
as a as a way of a means of communication. The marketplace became this really big way of how we talk to each other, and and that was really good because it led to that you know self-expression through consumerism, hyper-consumerism of the 80s and the 90s. But when you actually run a society through the medium of money, what you give up on is, is it becomes very utilitarian. Everything is measured yes. in terms of money. Which is, and I'm not, I'm not doing the normal thing about, oh, money being bad. What I'm saying is that it narrows your options for how you think about the world. Because if you think about the world in utilitarian terms, you're sort of on your own. It's what you do, what you get, and then you die. And, and I think a lot of people find that underneath quite difficult. Yes, and untrue. You're, the lens that you're applying to religion, may I say, is a sort of a, a rationalist uh, and pragmatic and utilitarian lens to apply to religion. Like you'll say, oh, it's a consolation for death. But also what it is, is a portal to that which is unknowable as an individual. The, it's, an expression. it's an expression. Look, uh, you're quite right. I am being a rationalist and I am, I'm not being utilitarian. What, what really... Yes, you are. It's an expression of everything we don't know. That's it. it it's, an it's an imaginative attempt to express everything yeah. we don't know. But even that is reductive because you, you, it, it, within that, Adam, I may say, is the assumption that there is no veracity in it. And what I am offering you is that religion and its universal expression, and I know this is an idea that you'll think of as rather passe, uh, perennialistically expresses this truth. When in religion, e.g. Christianity, we talk about die unto yourself, that is not unrelated to the horror and certainty of this great contemporary taboo of individual death, that looming spectre that our current philosophy cannot ever tackle or even acknowledge. If you die unto yourself, then if you can become living dead, if you can observe your individual identity, first by observing your thoughts, then by observing your feelings and recognize that you are in fact the awareness that observes the body, the awareness that observes a thought, that you are still present even so. If through psychedelic experience you access within the confines of your own body and your own mind, consciousness, experience that is beyond reason, that is beyond your senses. If through breathwork and meditation you access psychic planes that are as real as this one, but that are never utilised other than, as in, you know, as we've talked about before, like with the uh, Wachowski sisters, create new imaginative realms, born of imagination. We can dream new worlds. You know, where are these worlds going to come from? They're going to come from the mystical experience, whether that's through, you know, scientific genius or artistic genius or religious genius, through the ability to recognise that no, you're not just a bag with some organs in it and some thoughts in it being shuffled about by whatever dominator culture happens to be holding onto the steering wheel in the short time that you are alive. You are a portal to the limitless. You can access this through yourself. You can have a real lived experience of God. In fact, your experience of life is God that you have forgotten how to access because you have been acculturated and attuned to the mundial only. You have have lost your legacy, your legacy of the infinite. Now, Adam, I don't know whether that makes actual sense, but I reckon you could get people banging on a few palace gates off the back of it and storming a few Silicon Valley campuses. And isn't that, after all, at least part of our objective? 
If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary for the rest of our discussion for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin. Go to luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. It's a free trial. You might as well do that. Keep checking my YouTube channel daily for new videos. And if you like that Adam Curtis one, why don't you listen to Jason Hickle, who it says here in brackets was an economist. I remember him being very good. And Douglas Rushkoff. Brilliant. You liked him, didn't you, Jim? Yeah. How do you describe him? Calm. Uh, no. No, definitely not. How? Um, very energetic. Energised. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining me on Under the Skin. And we'll be having the second half of that conversation with Adam next week. It's going to be where we talk about, we get more into American politics, contemporary politics. And I finally put forward some ideas for how you could radically reorganise society, which is surely what you've all been waiting for. Thanks for joining me on Under the Skin, only from Luminary.